0: back. It's another week of the Mike Janela Show. What's happening, everybody? I am Mike. Obviously, this is my 44th podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. And This week, I have maybe the most successful person uh, ever on the podcast in terms of what he's been able to accomplish professionally. He's uh, the founder and CEO of Dash, which is a food delivery service. Uh, Some numbers, and Phil, you can correct me down the road, but I saw you guys brought in $7 million in revenue in 2014, according to Forbes. This guy was named to the 30 under 30 list for Forbes last year. He's still only 29. Oh, and he's got like 10 marathons under his belt with a sub-three-hour PR at the New York Marathon. This guy makes me sick how successful he is. Phil Dumonté, what's up, man?
1: Thanks so much for having me. Awfully kind. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it.
0: So, I mean... Well, we'll get to everything, and this is the way I start every show with everybody, is that I tell you we're going to get to you and to all you've done and accomplished and, and all that in a second. But first, I like starting off on a good foot with everyone, so I ask everyone this question. What's the best thing that happened to you, Phil, in the last week?
1: On uh, the last week, it was definitely signing a couple of accounts um, for Dash, a couple of uh, coveted restaurants uh, in Worcester that we've been chasing for a long time, um, among the most popular in the whole city. We've been working um, to sign them for a few weeks now. They finally just came on board, working exclusively with Dash, so you can get their food delivered in under 40 minutes now. Um, so a huge kind of win for, for us professionally and, and personally, so we are we can't wait to get them on board.
0: That's awesome. So, hey, that's good stuff, man. I'm glad to be catching you on, on a high wave. Yes. So talk to us. Tell me, like, I've done my research and stuff, and I've known you for a while now, but for people yep. who may be just uh, tuning in here, not sure what Dash is, or if it's a regional thing and they're not in your sure. kind of market, give us the quick primer, the elevator pitch on what uh, Dashed is and why uh, it's so cool.
1: You got it, Mike. So Dashed is a delivery service for restaurants that don't typically do delivery. So imagine, you know, your, your favorite restaurant that you've always wanted delivery for that you couldn't have gotten. Dashed now delivers for them. Uh, we started eight years ago in Boston. We're in about five markets, about 800 restaurants and we partner with, major chains and national brands to the local mom-and-pop shops. Um, so no longer are you stuck with just pizza and Chinese for delivery. You can get your favorite restaurant delivered in 45 minutes or less.
0: Now, I mean, I can li- I could live on pizza and Chinese forever, but most people can. So good job addressing yes. that market uh, need or inefficiency.
1: Good. Well, we have that too for you, Mike. Don't worry. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was, that's the cool thing I see. You know, when you go to your website, you have you know, Bill and Nancy's bagels or whatever. You know, I'm making just yes. local mom <laughs> and pop stuff up now. But you also deliver, like, IHOP and P.F. Chang's and stuff. So it's, it's a really cool breadth of the market that you guys cover, which I think is super cool and it's up. really sure. stands you apart. Yeah, exactly. So this is the main reason I wanted to have you on here because this is an idea, right, that you had that I'm sure everyone had. People throughout the years were like, man, I wish that restaurant that doesn't deliver would deliver. And I've had a bunch of ideas, some under the influence of alcohol, some in the shower, <laughs> some driving in the car. And I'm like, man, that would make a great business. But I have no idea where to begin to take that from my head to the mm-hmm. boardroom or to, to getting something created and founded. So, so tell me, Phil, how do you go from and how did, it, did you specifically go from having this idea to making it a business? Because I feel like that's the one big hurdle to actually make something out of nothing. It's crazy. It, it really boggles my mind sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, and and to your point, I mean, I've had a lot of ideas too that I that have not been executed on. So that that's the big difference right there is p- taking that idea from just an idea to action. And you know, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have started this business if uh, if it weren't for my brother. So I have to you know start with that. He was been in this business before me, and he's been a real mentor and role model to me. So um, you know, getting into this business was um, was really a result from him. Um, and but for in terms of bringing it to action, you know, the, I really believe the best way. to to learn is by doing so no business plans just get on the road roll up your sleeves and start making decisions and acting and that's the way you're going to learn so I got on my bike in the north end of Boston started signing up restaurants um, right out of Boston College Um, people were wondering what I was doing how I was going to do it what I was going to do differently and I you know told them look there have been other companies like this in the past um, but we're going to do this faster we're going to be more efficient we're going to be better Uh, we're not going to be you know Having delivery times over 90 minutes, like some of the companies that have previously done it, we're going to name the company Dashed, and we're going to orient everything around speed and the fastest possible delivery times. Because frankly, I'm an impatient person, and I wanted <laughs> things. When I'm fast. hungry, I want my food now. <laughs> Nobody wants to be hangry, right? So you need your food immediately. Um, so you know, I've learned so much over the years just by doing, quite honestly. And you know, there's a lot of times I feel like you can get stuck over planning and thinking about. How should I do this? How should I do that? Sketching things out. Um, so I really, quite literally, just got on my bike, started delivering, um, started, you know, signing up restaurants that I personally wanted to get delivery from. Just so happened I wasn't the only one who wanted delivery for these restaurants too. Um, and we've had a hell of a time and a blast, you know, since then. Obviously expanding into other markets. So um, it, it really is just about, uh, you know, not overthinking things and just being decisive and doing.
0: So it was you at the beginning yourself. It wasn't just. You had this idea and you started hiring people, although I'm sure that came pretty quickly. But you yourself were actually out on your bike doing this delivery, getting your business literally off the ground yourself.
1: Absolutely. For several months, it was just uh, me doing deliveries on my Trek mountain bike with a Rubbermaid container drilled into the back of it, which I picked up from Target. Tried a couple of intera- iterations of this, uh, but um, you know, I finally decided Rubbermaid was the best uh, container <laughs> that would go on the back of the mountain bike. I kept the food warm, uh, and it must have looked absolutely ridiculous. I wish I still have the bike and some pictures of that. Um, but it was just me, and basically, you know, my. By the time I I couldn't do any more deliveries in a single shift, I'm doing ten to fifteen orders, um, and I started to see some of our delivery times slipping. That's when I started hiring some friends and some bringing some additional drivers and resources on board um, to do more deliveries, um, and you know, that kind of just kept expanding from there to the point where I could. Basically, promote myself to be the kind of dispatcher and watch the whole system run um, and not be on the bike anymore. But it it kind of basically just grew organically from, you know, word of mouth, uh, good service, and um, offering the best kind of delivery times from the best restaurants.
0: And that's the dream being in that dispatch role, right? Being able to uh, delegate and (laughs) send the people out and save your bike time for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. So, so, so obviously there was a lot of good stuff in there about starting a business. If you have an idea that's kind of macro, you know, go for it. Don't business plan, just do instead of plan and meet and all that kind of stuff. What's, give me one practical piece of advice. Like someone who's listening right now that has a great business idea. What's one specific practical piece of advice, whether it's make sure you do this legally or make sure you cover yourself with this in terms of a marketing plan. Give me something specific that you maybe learned the hard way that you wish you knew back when you started
1: I would say do one thing exceptionally well, you know you don't have customers' attention for very long, and you want to be able to answer this question as question alone when someone sees your company or thinks about your company, what do they think of? you know what is it about your company what that makes people want to use it, and for us it's about the speed of delivery, the reliability of the delivery, and you know for other companies or other ideas. I often in the beginning, you know, I was trying so hard to do so many things at once, I think, and and expand so quickly when, you know, I I really have become a believer in the past few years now of keeping things super simple. Um, It's actually harder to be, I think, simple and concise and edit yourself versus the opposite. Um, So, you know, when you're thinking about forming a company or an idea Really, boil that down to the very very, very very bottom you know and 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 really get to the root of what you 're trying to do, what problem you 're trying to solve, and make sure that you can say that very you know very concisely and in a way that people will right away know, oh, this is dash, this is what they do, or this is x, this is what they do, and that 's what they do best
0: it 's funny we 're talking about you 're a food delivery service, and I think <laughs> i 've experienced this whenever I go just to eat and I look at a menu. You see all these, like these diners, which are great, but have these seven, eight page menus. It's like, what, yes. what are you known for? You have so much stuff. I can get <laughs> lobster here, but also mozzarella. Sticks. Like That's weird. But then you go to yep. places where it's like In-N-Out, which has made an empire of just burgers and fries. That's, and that's exactly it. it. And it's they dominate, genius.
1: you know, and they make the best burgers and fries. Exactly. So I, I think doing one thing exceptionally well, building your entire identity around that is, uh, is definitely a recipe for success.
0: And it's worked for you. You've got what? I mean, these are stats I found online, so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong or they've been updated. But you've got over 800 restaurants now, seven states you're in, and DC. Is that is that true?
1: That's true. Yep, exactly.
0: And you're pulling in, I mean, multi million dollars in revenue. Did you ever dream? And I say quickly, I'm sure (laughs) for you there were some long nights, and it's been many years, and you wondered if this was ever going to take off at certain points when you're on your own bike in the middle of uh, I don't know. Beacon Hill or whatever. Yeah, but did you ever dream that it would be this successful, this quickly? Because when you look at it from the big picture, I mean, you're a a rocket ship here.
1: (laughs) You know, I I never would have thought it would would have taken off this quickly. Um, I'm extremely grateful. There's obviously a lot of uh, a a lot of luck in life. Um, The best thing I think you can do is just try to create your own luck and be prepared and make opportunities for yourself and. You know, and worked really hard to do that, but um, I could never have expected this. And I, am uh, you know, super, super grateful that uh, that it's come together the way that it has. No question.
0: So, so now, let me ask you this question now, because you've gotten to this success so far, and obviously you mentioned at the top of the show, You're still signing new clients and expanding and things like that.
1: Yeah, I love that part of it.
0: So, <laughs> it, was it harder getting to where you are, or staying where you are, and kind of still innovating and being more successful? Because I'm sure getting to the mountaintop and staying there are two very different challenges.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a different set of challenges these days. You know, now a lot of inbound interest, um, a lot of, you know, restaurants, you know, know who we are and customers know who we are. And we've built a somewhat of a reputation around, um, you know, of what we do. In the beginning, I was just a dude on a bike and no one knew why they would ever, you know, trust me. So we build that credibility over the years for sure. Um, now it's just a different set of challenges. You know, I'm always wanting to improve. I always want to get the best new restaurant in town. I want to offer a faster delivery times. Why? Why should it be 50 minutes when it should be when it can be 45 minutes? Now that we're at 45 minutes or less, how do I get it to 40 minutes or less? Constantly improving, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. So, uh, but it's it's what drives me and what gets me out of bed each day. So, I think um, it's it's a just a different set of challenges. Um, I wouldn't say uh, you know harder or, or, or easier um, since since I started.
0: Be honest though, was there ever a point where you were like, "Holy shit, this actually worked!" Like I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do that every day. Are you
0: kidding me? <laughs> I don't know if that's like, yeah, the, the thing you say to yourself in the mirror when you wake up every day or if there was a particular time where you just sat around, maybe when you signed your, I don't know, 100th client or something. There had to be that one moment where yeah. you're like, I can't believe I actually pulled this off.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Honestly, anyone who tells you any different uh, is lying to you. I honestly have those moments uh, all the time. It's like, this is real. You know, it's, it's I'm always on the go, always on the run, always thinking about what's the next thing to do, how to improve. Right. But um, I, I try to, uh, you know, take some time, go on a run or do something uh, different to pause. And just so I can kind of generate those moments organically big. Like, wow look at where we've come. This is awesome. Look at the team we've built and the, and the company that we have and, uh, and really just soak that in for a minute. It's something I wish I could do more of, to be honest with you. So I'm working on that too. <laughs>
0: hey, we all want to soak in and smell the roses more often than Absolutely. we do. So you're not alone in that at all. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take this very dark very quickly. And this is kind of an existential question, Phil, okay. but I mean, you started this pretty much right out of college or while you were still in college, but right around that time. So this is really all you've known professionally is dashed and success, like unmitigated success. Is there any worry that – like you think of like a child actor who maybe peaked in his career too early. Do you have any fears or worries ever that maybe all this early success might be detrimental
1: you know, I, we, I would say that we've had we've had failures over the years too, and uh, so I'm not uh, immune to that by any means. We're you're being uh, way too kind, I think, so uh, <laughs> to, to me, um, we've definitely had our challenges, and we've had you know issues where we've overexpanded and had to kind of retreat and uh, and refocus on what we do best. So um, I think the the greatest kind of you know learning opportunities come out of those those hardships and failures, to be honest with you. So um, I think, you know, if I didn't have those along the way, I I certainly would, would worry about that. But we've um we've we've had our fair share of failures too in flops.
0: <laughs> let's talk about some of those then. Let's keep it negative yeah, let's for a go, while. Uh us yeah, what, go biggest dark. Yeah, real dark. <laughs> what's the biggest flop when you look back at the last ten years or so? What's the number one thing that you're like, man, I wish I had a mulligan on that one?
1: yeah i think honestly just over expansion to uh over over aggressively expanding to new markets uh we opened up in in san francisco for example uh you know while we were opening up new markets on the east coast and con you know you know we're always obviously optimistic and excited to to launch new areas um but in that case it was uh too much too soon we didn't have the resources to really support it both financially and managerial, managerially so um we ended up you know spending a a good amount of time trying to get that market off the ground and ultimately I decided that, um, you know, enough's enough. Let's go back to our roots and where we do best. And instead of, you know, trying to open up multiple markets at once um, for my for my model, I really want to do, you know, you know, a smaller number of markets, but do it doing it well, supporting it with the right amount of resources so really see these markets grow. Um, And grow profitably, you know, Uh, so that was a, you know, one situation where, you know, I've learned a lot from that I wouldn't wouldn't do it again, wouldn't, uh, you know, be going to open up uh, multiple markets, uh, you know, all across the US at one point.
0: But is that something maybe long term, you still think is viable, just not right now?
1: You know, for me, I, I like kind of growing um, from our from the center out. Um, you know, in in, the, in in a regional kind of approach. So we're you know the the, the strongest in Massachusetts in our home market, and um, you know, I like looking you know in that area and kind of being uh, geographically focused and tight uh, versus uh, you know over expanding. So we can continue to kind of um, grow grow out from there.
0: All right, so staying staying with the negativity since we've gone to this theme. <laughs> Um, Obviously, since you started, I mean, food delivery has blown up, you know, Seamless, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Postmates, everybody. A lot of these people are national now and they have the clout and they have the money and the resources and they're able to be as fast as you or what you delivered uh, when you first started as a promise to your local businesses. So why why Dash? What separates you guys from all the other competitors that are kind of closing in on what you've been doing and maybe doing it on a bigger scale? Absolutely, it's
1: a great question. You know, speed and service for us is, is really the the two differentiators. You know, I invite every single person to um, to experience Dashed versus a competitor um, in any of the markets we serve. We don't have as wide of a scope as 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 the 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 you know better funded companies, um, these national companies. Um, but when it comes to delivering it consistently under a certain amount of time, uh, we're able to um, to do that quite well. So. You know, I, I see from anecdotally from um from, from from friends, from strangers, from myself, from anyone who's who's experienced us, they'll see the difference in service. And I think uh you really have one chance to really, you know, impress a customer. And uh if if you don't, you know, I I use all my competitors, I use all the services, a lot come and go over the years for sure. And a lot are still coming and going. Um, but I love experiencing this industry firsthand and, uh, and seeing what everyone's doing. And, uh, it really kind of is an education on, on, you know, what works and what doesn't work. So, uh, number one is, is service. So
0: let's talk, what are some of your favorites then? You, you service your own competitors and you, you sample the market who does a really good job. Who are your like top two or three competitors that, that you really think are, are nailing it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, on the larger scale, I think um, you know, Grubhub seamless um th- they they do very well um and, and do a good job with with um their operation. I use um Seamless quite often uh, being in New York, of course. Um and I think uh, you know, Postmates um has a great selection of restaurants and uh, you know, as does a great job with uh their uh, uh their order tracking and um their their overall kind of um uh, breadth and depth of their restaurant selection. So those are kind of my, the two competitors I would use the most often, I'd say.
0: I mean, for me, it's I hear some of the stories. And like, you? <laughs> oh, what's that? How about you? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm like Seamless Grubhub. I usually stick with yeah. those two because uh, they pretty much have everyone yeah. covered that I'm going to need. It was funny when I was just driving back from California across country to move home and some of the stops I was making in the Midwest, I'd get to my hotel room at a certain hour and I fire up Grubhub or Seamless to look for something yep. to eat. And it's the one restaurant, the only one that's there in the middle of Indiana or whatever. And it's, <laughs> it's an hour 25 delivery time. And it's like, yeah, man, I can't wait to get back are. to New York.
1: <laughs> yeah, our platforms work best in the, in the, in the cities for sure. <laughs> yeah, which makes Surprised sense. The I had more any, people. Be yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in Indiana, they're making their own food at home. They don't need anybody delivering anything so for them. Um, yeah, exactly. so, so what's next, for, you think, for the industry? Obviously, time, you know, things can only be delivered so quickly. And more and more restaurants are getting on board with services like yours. Yep. What, what do you think is the next big innovation in, in food delivery? Yeah, you know,
1: it's, uh, God, if I, if I had the answer to that, you know. We yeah, would, you wouldn't uh, be talking to me. You'd be in <laughs> Abu Dhabi right now
0: laying on a beach somewhere <laughs> or something.
1: Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a, I don't know. Frankly, the honest answer is I don't know. <laughs> what the what the future is, but um, I think uh, you know from from our standpoint, you know, we want to continue to offer faster delivery from from more restaurants and open up, uh, continue to open up new markets, um, and you know, just to your point about how things have changed, though, I think um, the expectation for sure, and looking more forward-looking to to at least give you somewhat of an answer, there will be more and more delivery of uh, of everything uh, going forward. If you look at what this industry was like eight years ago when I first started. Um, It was, you know, you kind of had to be, uh, you know, in the know and very open minded to join a service like ours. You know, they were these restaurants were, um, you know, overall, like very skeptical of delivery. And you would often see hesitation around, well, what's the quality of my food going to look like? Or, Mm. you know, will people really use delivery? Don't they want to come in and experience, you know, the filet mignon in in my dining room? Uh, And, you know, and just had these kind of uh, reactions against delivery. And now, as you know, Everyone delivers. I mean, literally everyone delivers. And if you're not delivering now, you'll probably be delivering, you know, within the next few months. It's the expectation um, that your that your restaurant or store delivers. And uh, especially in major cities, um, you know, you, you can get anything uh, brought to you. So I think that's been the biggest change I've seen is kind of, a, you know, a, a real hesitation around that to a, a kind of expectation of, of delivery. So we'll see much more of that going forward.
0: I, I, when you mentioned that about how restaurateurs were worried, are these people not going to come in? Don't they want to come in and experience this in mm-hmm. person? I thought immediately to sports because yep. you're seeing a lot of live attendance dip as people mm-hmm. stay home because you have 70-inch 4K TVs now. You can watch right. the game. You don't have to wait in line for the bathroom. You don't have to pay 13 bucks for a beer. You don't have to drive to the stadium, sit in the cold, and people exactly. are much happier staying home. Do you think we'll ever you know, get to a point? There's a
1: company that can actually deliver to you on your couch while you're watching that 4K TV as well. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think,
0: uh, I think uh, yeah. Dash, right? That's what it's called, something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: if you Ooh. don't want to make the Totino's pizza rolls yourself, you have uh, <laughs> Phil and his crew deliver to you. I do care. Do, do, do you think, like, do you envision a future ever? And I'm sure the answer is no, because there's always going to be that going out element. But where yeah. restaurants are just empty and everyone's just eating at home because you get the full menu whenever you want.
1: I don't think completely, but I think more and more so, you know, um, there's some interesting kind of um, predictions in this in this industry that, you know, within five years, 90 percent of uh, business will be uh, um, coming being processed online um, via, you know, takeout or delivery. Um, not by phone, for example, you know, all, all processed that way. So not speaking to anyone to even get your order. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's obviously something to be said about having a nice dinner out and taking the time to, to, to soak, soak in Mm -hmm. the moment, but more and more so, I mean, you know, when you're, you're saving a good 40, 45 minutes when you're getting, getting delivery. And because that's 45 minutes that you're not cooking, that's 45 minutes that you're not going out and experiencing it. So, you know that that's giving you time back. I think ultimately, and that's what people people realize. It could be to watch a football game. It could be to go for a run. It could be to meditate. It could be to do nothing at all. Um, but you know to get that time back uh, and not worry about um, delivery, but still have a high quality dinner, not, not just, you know, the traditional pizza and Chinese, um, to be able to get it from your favorite restaurant that you would have just gone to in person. I think there's, you know, tremendous value in that. And that's why we're, we're seeing, um, such a, such a spike in business in this, in this market.
0: Time is the biggest thing for me. I don't mind if it's a plan to go out, have a dinner and that's my night. That's great. But when I'm home, I can't be spending two hours stewing a pork shoulder or something to just eat it <laughs> in 10 minutes. That doesn't fit my lifestyle, we'll Phil.
1: We'll deliver it to you in 40 minutes. It won't be a problem at all, Mike, I, I love it, you.
0: And I can, like you say, run or meditate or, or do nothing. <laughs> Maybe eat more food, have an appetizer yeah, before I'm, you guys get there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, but we're going to wrap up here soon. But do you – obviously, you've you've focused and centralized yourself in, in this market and food and delivery, and you saw a market inefficiency and a need here, and you exposed it and, and benefited from it. You ever think about jumping to any other lines of business or areas maybe down the road 10, 15 years from now that you see maybe I'd love to really try and tackle that as a whole different challenge?
1: Oh, Mike, I'm still trying to decide what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know when I'm going to do <laughs> 10 to 15 years. But uh, no, I think it's, uh, it's. I love this business. You know, I'm a foodie. I, I, I love going out to restaurants. I love trying new things. So for me, this is just uh, such a fun business because, you know, I basically get to work with, you know, 800 plus different restaurants in some capacity and understand um, a little bit about their business and how they operate and what makes things tick for them and basically how we can help them, you know, expand their business. So. For now, I'm I'm really excited about just uh, you know being in this space. Uh, it's it's such a fun fun place to be. Um, but um, you know, check back in in a few years and uh, maybe we'll we'll break our first. Um, you know, we'll break it first on the Mike Janella show on the next venture. How's that for you? You, you,
0: you <laughs> promised me a scoop, Phil. Don't play with my emotions. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. Well, actually, I mean, I guess before we get to to the last couple segments, I like to do. Uh what are your takes on drone deliveries? You guys going to be doing any of that stuff anytime soon or is that still too far down the road speaking of 10 years from now?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's um it's it's a bit a bit far off right now in terms of um it's a bit of a gray area of course. Um I think there are bigger players kind of tackling that uh, like Amazon at least experimenting, you know, with how that would look. Um, it's not in our, uh, immediate future, but, uh, it's certainly, um, uh, you know, something we'll, we'll keep an eye on and see, uh, how that plays out.
0: <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, sweet. So Phil, the way I, uh, end every show is with the fun five, which are five, uh, quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. But before okay. we get to that, I also like to give my guests a chance to turn the tables. You don't have to, but if you'd like, you can ask me any question about anything. I like to give you guys a little bit of control and power here toward the end of the show. Like so if you got anything, fire away.
1: What is the biggest, um, I guess, piece of advice or um, you know, more, most interesting thing I guess you've, you've learned, let's say, in the past? I'll give it some time constraints here in the past month or two. Something that you've really been kind of thinking about, um, some nugget of wisdom that, that you can share with us
0: uh wake up early <laughs> it's funny That's you mentioned one. this yeah cuz i yeah. um i've been doing that that a lot the last couple of weeks cuz so i'm i'm a night owl and i could sleep yep. easily till like 11 <laughs> or noon every day if you let me yep. uh but now since i've gotten back to new york and looking for more work and more opportunities and things to do you realize yep. how little time you have if you sleep until 11 or 12 and you wake up and you still got to watch the prices, right? And eat your cereal and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. By the time you get going, it's already the afternoon and everyone's already off done. in their lives.
1: Yeah. So, I hear you 100%. And you know what? There's like, I feel like there's a couple of critical hours there if you can get up early where you're basically, um, you know, it's you beat everyone else up. So, uh, in terms of when, when the day starts, so 9 a.m., everyone's running around. The day is getting going. You're getting calls. You're doing whatever. But um, there's a couple of, you know, hours in the morning there where you can really focus on yourself and get a jump start on your day. So
0: yeah that's it's great. It's baby it's steps great. for me. Like early for me is <laughs> is eight forty five nine. Yeah. So I'm working my way down to getting up at like six or seven. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah gotcha. Then you see some like I follow the rock on social media and he's up at four AM every day to do a two hour workout. And then start working. And that really puts your life in perspective when you're sleeping half a minute away.
1: baby steps. Let's try 8.40 a.m. tomorrow, okay? That's it. We're going back
0: five minutes a day at a time, (laughs) eventually getting where we need to be. Perfect. Um, All right, well, time for the fun five. Like I say, five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. Number one, I briefly mentioned it at the top of the show, but you're also – you love running. You're a big long-distance runner. You've done a ton of marathons, and you're really fast what 's the biggest tip you want to give to someone who 's maybe a casual runner but maybe a half marathoner or something that can improve their long distance running time
1: Register for a race honestly, that would be the number one uh, you know piece of advice I have for the for somebody because it it really orients you around a goal um, and you could train towards that goal it doesn 't matter what level you 're at, um, but it 's something to work towards and it 's also Whole lot of fun. Uh, you'll meet new people. There's race, you know, pre-race activities, often post-race activities. Um, you get to see a new place, perhaps. So, number one thing I'd say is find a race near you or not near you. Register for that and, and enjoy the hell out of it.
0: I love it. Question number two. This can be in your industry or any other. I mean, I'm giving you entire carte blanche here. What's one company that's been created that makes you the angriest that you didn't think of it? of it yourself as a businessman? Uber. Yeah.
1: Just like anyone else, I'm sure. <laughs> it's uh, I would say that would be that my, my answer for sure.
0: It's crazy because, I mean, I never thought of that kind of a company and I have a lot of harebrained ideas all the time because I assume oh, taxis <laughs> already exist. But yep. now they showed that they can exist in a whole different way. And, yeah, everyone just kicks themselves for the, not thinking the of that simplicity
1: is, is brilliant behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: incredible. Uh, question number three, Phil. You deliver all this food. You eat all this food. You sample competitors. You work with restaurants. Yep. What's your favorite meal? What's your If I give you one meal to eat, what are you having?
1: My mom's spaghetti and meatballs, which is not available on Dashed yet. Uh, but
0: I... <laughs> yes, I like that. That should be like a Mother's Day special once a year. You get Phil's moms <laughs> exactly. spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> you got it. It's exclusive. No, nah, nothing. No matter what restaurant, no matter how many Michelin stars your chef has, nothing ever beats what mom's got at home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Number no four, question. Phil, uh, we talked about some of those smell the roses moments and times that you kind of sit back and appreciate where you've been and what you've done. I imagine when Dash made its first million dollars in revenue or profit, or when you crossed that yep. sort of million dollar threshold, you had some kind of a celebration. How did you celebrate that?
1: Oh, boy. Um, you know, I, I don't recall a specific milestone where we've, where we've, you know, had that kind of celebration. Um, I would say that uh, we try to, you know, kind of just take, smell the roses on a, you know, more frequent basis. Um, Quarterly, try to do. We do company events. um, Go out for you know different different things. We bring the whole company out. Um, So we try to do it more frequently than uh, you know than than just one specific milestone. Um, But uh, I think just getting together as a as a team and uh, reflecting on what we've done is is a great way to do it.
0: That's nice. You got to do it. Make it a habit all the time. Exactly. Yeah, the habit
1: makes a difference. 100% hundred percent.
0: All right. Last question in the fun five, uh, Phil will Boston college basketball ever be good again.
1: <laughs> You're the sports guy. I'm going to turn that one back to you, Mike. That one's for you. <laughs> the answer's no. Um, all right. Okay.
0: <laughs> Phil Giamonte. <laughs> thank you so much, man. Uh, plug whatever you want to plug social media, websites, any new products or services, let the people know what they should be looking out for from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Dash is found on Foodler. That's where uh, you can order from us. Download the Foodler app. You'll be able to get delivery from uh, the best restaurants near you. Keep an eye out for the restaurants that say Dash next to them. That means you're getting live order tracking and delivery in 45 minutes or less. Keep an eye out for new restaurants always coming online. If you have any requests for a restaurant that uh, is not online yet, send me an email at pd at dash dot com and we'll make it happen for you.
0: Love it. Awesome. Phil, we'll stay on the line. We'll wrap up with you once I get off the air. But this was awesome, man. Thanks for shedding some light into the businessman's mind.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Appreciate it.
0: All right. That's Philip Dumonté from DASH. Make sure to also check out Mikejanella.com. I'll have links to all of Phil's stuff and where you can find everything that he mentioned. You can also listen to all previous episodes of The Mike Janella Show and find me on social media, plus all the information on the great outro music that you're hearing right now. Bill, one more time. Thanks again, man. Means a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a great one. And thanks to you for listening. We'll try and do better next time. See ya.